We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking e-games, cannabis, blockchain, and so much more. Without the bullshit, most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. Sixty brothers. In. <laughs> We're still doing it. <laughs> We're very shades of brown. This intro. <laughs> Me and you, the latest in tech, business, and startups. Mixed up, mixed, mixed. Anthony mixed with a ton of sarcasm. <laughs> cue the music. I can't cue the music on my uh, Come on, man. All right, let's do it again. Cue the music. Chicken, 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 chicken. Ah, oh, I should have played summertime. That's what I was thinking in my head. I didn't know oh, how to do that. That's this, this, our first, this, is, this is our. This is our first. Uh, Episode went since the since the weather broke. Into the weather broke. Into, it, went from, it went from it went from thirty forty degrees to hell. <laughs> like ninety, man. Yeah, yeah. It just it just skipped spring. Right, like it just said, yeah, man. It's hot. It's hot. I, I was running out there. I've been going early and earlier to avoid the really really hot weather, and it's it's hot. So funny. <laughs> taking breaks, taking more breaks. I'm gonna right. run. It's a funny story about that. I'm you in know, here. I'm in here working from. I was gonna over. say, you know, I invited you guys over to come hang out and get in the pool. Good thing you didn't come because that was the first time we were going to use the pool. And as soon as we turned the heat on, a black cloud of smoke came out the heater. <laughs> so, so we had like oh, we had like nice. 20 people over. Uh, obviously, it was 90 degrees, but the pool heat was a little bit colder than what it normally is. It was only a a, a cool 78 degrees. Uh, we normally have it like, you know, black people temperature, like cool 85, 90 degrees. So, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, black people, black people don't like to be cold. So we, uh, <laughs> it was like, a, it was like Caribbean, Caribbean right, hot. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, uh, it was a hell of a, hell of a day on that day on Saturday because the pool heat was broken. Oh, you know, this was out. You have to replace it, huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to get, get to that. Face. That's a couple of shares of Amazon right now. Uh, <laughs> grand opening, grand closing of all the pool at Clyde's house. <laughs> like, sorry, kids, we're going to the pond. You know, always, always, I was <laughs> always wondering when I see those guys in their cars with, you know, pool service. I'm like, man, how many people out here? I was like, is that really a, a solid business year round? And then you think, well, Clyde just said he has to sell Amazon shares to fix his pool. So I guess it's a yeah, profitable yeah. business. <laughs> you got three months to make your money. They right. make and it. the guy didn't already call me three <laughs> nice. times, like, "Hey, you want me to get it in before uh, before the weekend? You know, you get get it going." I'm like, no, we can wait. I'm going out of town. My kids got they can stay in the house. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've been hitting up the pool. I've been hitting up the City View pool over here. Last few weekends, man, it's gotta gotta absorb it. Gotta take it in. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. So what? On the so what's what's new, side. fellas? What's been going on? It's been a while since we caught up. Uh, a lot's been going on. Um, Elon is he went from hero to zero really quickly. Um, yeah. You got you got Jeff Bezos who's said, you know what? I'm just going to space. Um, hope my life insurance is paid up well. <laughs> I'm gonna be a tester for my. Isn't, isn't he taking Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> with him? Isn't that it? I thought he was taking some Mark. I thought it was Mark that no, Mark taking his brother. His brother, right? Oh, his brother Mark. I don't his know. brother's he name just Mark. Made that up. <laughs> no, there's a Mark going on because I caught it. I was like, Mark's go Mark Zuckerberg. I'm like, ah, right, this is all right. This is a 
this is the government behind this. Yeah. <laughs> the old government. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we all figured out that, you know, billionaires don't pay taxes. So it's been a crazy week, you know. So, that was that was a new surprise. Well, right not there. really. We, not not was really. It a was not it a surprise? Really. Yeah, we're the only. No, we're the, we're the only idiots who pay taxes. <laughs> I know, right? Well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It was, it was, it was the brown one, not the black so, one. The brown somebody, one. Somebody in the black suit, not the. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this would be a big thing because if Elon and Bezos are in this neck and neck, right? Like, who's the? There's half of Silicon Valley. Most Silicon Valley goes with Elon's way, right? But then everyone else in the tech space, they their side, their team beat Bezos. So if he beats Be- Elon to space. You know, you know, with a with real lives intact, that's a IRL. Oh, that's 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 a huge win on his belt, man. So let's see. Hopefully, it's all good and he returns there safely. But I will say that Elon's Elon is friends with Kanye West, so he did he he does have that one up, you know, because he can oh. get free clothes free free. Is that a one? He can up? get free clothes from the Gap. <laughs> free clothes from the Gap. Free two hundred dollar Gap clothes. Uh, yeah, they dropped they dropped a coat and or it something. Sold out like, like minutes. They dropped yeah, one. It item. Sold out in minutes. So, you know, that billion is that. So here's what I know. Like, it was like, we're, we're the new Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the thing with streetwear. I've been learning about streetwear lately, right? Um, and so they're following that model because Gap is not that, uh, right? They usually make seven billion pieces of, you know, something that three, three million people want. But, um, but what they do in streetwear is they can control the entire inventory. Is, it is what it is, but they can control the entire narrative around it. All right. So they're like, all right, we're going to make 10 of these and we can say it's sold out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, within minutes. But let's see. I wonder what the numbers are. Do they release numbers? No, on they it? just said it's sold out in like minutes or. I mean, it's Kanye. So probably yeah, killed it. yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it wasn't. It's a winter jacket in the middle of 90 well, degree weather. Streetwear is a different. Streetwear is a different. That's how awesome it is, man. But the cool <laughs> thing, that's a smart move, right? You drop well, exactly. like a higher margin item. Yeah. Now, the, the whole thing is, though, with streetwear, who. The scarcity model that streetwear does, um, especially like the Supremes of the world and even yeah. Nike when it comes down to some of their uh, uh, some of their sneakers. Like it's a it's a it's a group of people who who love to do it. You know, like it, it's a you got StockX who who a whole business off yeah. of reselling or selling um, specific sneakers. I sold a pair of Jordans uh, that I got for free <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> like I got for free. And like, all right, so let's be let, let, let me be clear here. I mean, did right. you take them for I, free or you got no, them? I, some, no, no, some 13 year old is like, missing hey, shoes it, right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So it's funny. Black guy laying in the curb. <laughs> so you know, you know how, you know how funny, you know how all, you know, like when you're, when you're, when you play, play basketball or football, you're constantly getting free stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and I have a friend who was getting free, free stuff nonstop. And, you know, it causes guy, they sent him Jordans. Problem oh, is, nice. he's like he had Jordans, and then he's like, All right, here, here's a pair of Jordans. Great, thank you. Not nine times out of ten, but they were a size ten. I don't, I can't fit a size. Oh, okay, 10. I was gonna so say, man, I, you know, one guy in your life that you know would like those, but I can't do that. Can't do size ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smaller. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> I'm a size seven girl. <laughs> so, so I did, I sold them, but it, and they went quick and they went above market value. How much more? Right? Well, yeah. What's market value? What like which one were they? Well, they were they were ah, Jesus. What was the what was I forgot which one they were. I, mean, but they, I think they were going for they were supposed to go for like market was like two two ten, and they went for 
425. Holy damn. But, right. stock. All right. But, but, but there are people, like they said, there are people making, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of money off of StockX and reselling their sneakers. So, cool hey, for them, man. I, and there's used stuff on there too, right? People, that's like what most used. of it is. Okay, gotcha. All right. Most of it is used. Um, and, but if it's in decent condition, StockX validates that it's in decent condition. condition yeah. Excuse me. And boom, you can make a couple extra hundred dollars quickly. I mean, I, I, I see, I see cats walking around where they, they, they want to resell it or like they don't want to get creases in their shoes. They're walking all stiff, like bow legged. <laughs> like, listen, you shoes, he, he was going to resell them. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Cause when I got mine, I'm like, uh, I'm not trying to wear these. I didn't wear them for months. <laughs> then I'm like, I should wear those. <laughs> Sneakers are made the way we worn, depending on who you are. Yeah. You know, I, I guess, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's all right. good for you. Right. Look at you. Thank make you. make him move. That was like that was like three years ago, but I only <laughs> bought some Bitcoin <laughs> with that. You could have really made a profit. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Bad, Bad investment. investment. <laughs> triple down, triple down. He bought down. drinks. He went to New York and got two drinks for that four hundred dollars. <laughs> so we're back. Uh, so we're back for the whiskey. Yeah, we're, we're back for the whiskey hue this this week, and uh, we're gonna be sipping on something really good. Uh, Atul, you know, we've been he has a recommendation for this week, and he's been pumping it up for a while. So tell the listeners what we're gonna be sipping on. I don't know if I've been pumping it, up, but yeah, Glenlivet, fifteen year old French Oak Reserve. Uh, so it's kind of dope. And I want to share it because there's a cool story. We'll talk about it later. All right, absolutely. So, so yeah. So that's, that's nice, nice little smooth one. All right, all right. So for for this week, you know, we're gonna dive right in because I think this is a very near and dear topic to my heart, uh, especially in the stage where I am with three kids who are all under the age of six, and um, I think Abdul is there as well. And Anthony, you know, he just likes to beat up little kids and take their Jordans, but uh, <laughs> take, take your shoes. shoes. But we're gonna dive in and educate. <laughs> Clock <laughs> Whoa, whoa! Gonna, this, uh, this is to the public. Okay, don't put me out there like that. I was a teacher once. <laughs> oh man! All right, pull it, pull, pull so it back. we're pull we're gonna dive into education. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, how it's evolving, what tech plays are there, and just looking at the space and how it's going to grow over the next couple of years. I have a couple of predictions that, you know, I love to dive into. But before we do that, you know, some of the main things that drove us to this topic was the current state of um, learning and how, how kids were learning through the pandemic. Uh, if you think about it, we went from, you know, kids going to school five days a week, roughly around seven, eight hours a day. And then all of a sudden, like everyone else, they were dramatically disrupted. Uh, and then they're disrupted. I think I would have to say, you know, I, I tip my hat to a lot of the educational systems making that pivot really quickly, you know, mm-hmm. getting on Google Hangout, Zoom, uh, whatever the case may be, and just trying to make it work. Uh, there are a lot of fundamental issues or challenges that, you know, lower income communities have that made it, you know, really, very difficult. But, you know, thinking about the circumstances of what we had available um, I think the educational system, you know, did the best they could. And, you know, my hat goes off to a lot of teachers who are out there trying to make it happen, um, especially for these kids who, you know, have parents who are working or parents who are not really in tune. But the educational system, you know, I think is now at the right time to be dis- disrupted because the whole system around technology is really coming to play. You know, you thought about like five, 10, maybe even two years ago, pre-COVID, people were very hesitant to do a lot of online anything. But now I think that pivot has yeah. really started to take place. And even post COVID, 
um, having hybrid solutions where it's tutoring. It could be just educational learning, learning activities, coding classes. There are a lot of tech plays that's going to be developed off of this. And, you know, that's something that I want to dive into with each of you and figure out how the Whiskey Hue listeners and audience can uh, uh, can leverage it and learn from it. So um, my first one, I will say, is, you know, Zoom, Google Hangouts. I think they really came up from a brand awareness standpoint. Um, a lot of companies in this space were trying to do stuff around education. But, you know, with the launch of COVID, a lot of the brand awareness and activity took took over. And when you think about it as a marketer, you're like, well, how can I break through, get people to use my product and just even know and become uh, a verb, right? So Zoom is now a verb where it describes not only what you're doing, but it's also the name of the product. So I think they really took over from there. If you think about it, you know, the first mover in my mind was Skype. Um, no one's even talking about Skype nowadays. I know Microsoft acquired it, but uh, it's yeah. one of those things where, um, you know, they were first movers, but they didn't innovate and move move quick enough. So Zoom, Google Hangout, those are some of the brand awareness plays, I think, really made a big difference. It was a precursor to Teams, Microsoft Teams, but yeah, they missed the ball. You know who kind of missed the ball on this? Like Zoom came out of nowhere. Google and Apple should have owned this space from the get, from the jump, right? They they already had us on these Google Hangs and Zoom couldn't wouldn't have even had to have been a company that we all went to if Apple already has FaceTime. Facebook has their own kind of, hey, we're all connected through that platform. They should have done this. I didn't know we were going to talk about tech, but we'll talk, we'll do that for a bit. But don't you agree they kind of missed the boat on this one? Zoom came out of nowhere. I love Zoom now. I'm cool with it. And I'm, if I'm moving further, I might be doing a lot of meetings that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving forward. You know, the the reason why Apple definitely, go ahead. uh, Apple definitely missed the ball, but, you know, based off their, what they just announced something during the worldwide uh, developers conference this week, taking over that they're going to implement their, their form of zoom. Right. And at the end of the day, there, there are companies who should be first movers. Those are the young, those are the new guys, uh, the new entrants and the larger entity. Most of the time they don't need to be the first mover, right? They just need to go, okay, that's how you're doing it. We'll tweak it. Well, we already have the ecosystem. We already have the users. And I guarantee once, once we add our, our system to it or whatever we want to do to it or our technology, we'll keep them all in the ecosystem. And that's what we yeah. talked about multiple episodes with Apple. Apple yeah. does a great job of keeping you within the ecosystem. Same thing with Amazon. They do a great job at, you know, once they add a new product, it's, it's seamless for them because it's a great year. You're already in the ecosystem. It's just simple to add on, but to, to to further like the from the educational side, you know, I, there are definitely some great opportunities when it comes down to tech. And what I'm interested in and, and kind of really tie it back into what, you know, the outlook of education is um, how they how they stay in the forefront within the next year, next year or two. Right. Or three years. Right. Because, yes, we're still we're still coming out of the pandemic. We're still, you know, although we have, you know, vaccines, people is still raging in some parts of this country that we just don't hear about, like in Alabama. Yeah. They're still they're still feeling the effects. Um, so we're not 100 percent there yet. So I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how things open up and how how are these tools still used. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how some some of these technologies, some of these tools are used once people are still meeting together. Right. Like when kids are back in the classroom full time, yep. how are teachers and how are school systems going to continue to use these technologies 
while in the classroom. You know, I, from what I understand, you know, you look at different high schools today, people don't use notepads. These kids don't use notepads anymore. They just use laptops and, or iPads to type. Chromebook, and, Chromebooks is, are all over the place. Chromebooks, yeah, yeah like, which is, which is bonkers to me. I try to take notes in meetings on my laptop and I'm like, this is, ah, this, this is too slow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to, I need to use the margins. I need to do all this stuff. Yeah. And there's, and there's new plat, new technologies for that too. Right. But what was interesting to see how these technologies are going to be used. And moving forward, in that, you know, to those technologies and these tools, how that's going to play in um, to how schools educate kids or young people, whatever, to prepare for the workforce, right? Like how all mm. this ties in, right? Because I, you know, I'm I'm a proponent of making sure we educate a holistic perspective, right? Because mm. you start to see people who aren't educated who are focused on just technology. And focused on you know the numbers, they do they do very well financially I most mean, of the time. Why, right? What else are you supposed to but do? Then they, good, huh? Well, but then there's there's an element of we have to be mindful of. Well, true. We have to be mindful of educating people in general without making sure they are they if they lack the liberal arts, right? Because the liberal arts have always been on the forefront of making you think more. I agree. I agree. Right. Like, so by reading all these random ass books that we used to read in high school and even in college, like you like, what the hell does this have to do with my, me making my million, $2 million? What it did was allowed you to think outside the box by reading different thought processes, understanding different thought processes, taking just business classes and taking just tech classes won't do that for you. Right. Can so I drive home a point on that? Can I drive it on? Go for it. It's the same thing. I think I'm going to say basically the same thing you're saying. Critical thinking. That's what I want. Yeah. If you want to, if I want to absorb somebody from a university, when you hire people, we hire people. If it's for a consulting, uh, temporary thing or it's a longer term gig, um, that's what I'm looking for. I want, and that's what Google tests for. We're, we're nowhere near Google, our group, but hey, we throw in, we put you in a situation, a simulated situation. How do you think your way out of it? That's what I want to see. Right. Well, and, and that's, and, and that's what those, that's what those majors that, do, right? I, I why think do, expanding your, your knowledge base. I agree. Yeah. Like why, why do some of these major companies historically, they've hired liberal arts students yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it wasn't because, oh yeah, you majored in English. Great job. You have some great skill. You, you can read a lot of books and you can write some papers. No, it's your ability to think outside the box. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm just, I, I again, I don't have children yet, but that's my concern. If we go so far, f- so focused on tech and training children and, and adults that we so forget STEM. the liberal arts. But I don't think enough people are getting into tech, though. I don't think there's enough people in True. tech. I think we need True. to bounce up the female por- portion of the society in, in STEM. And I think it's happening. I think there are great programs in place to make it happen. Generally, it was males going towards it. Right. And that's. Yeah wrong in my opinion i think we should have a good semblance and i think you're getting it now and obviously we talked about some of the previous pod like there's more females yep. graduating from college every year a lot more jumping into stem so this is good it's going to bring some so equality. how do you how do you because you 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 two have your 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 teams so yeah, yep. i just said teams instead of you know particular sport okay <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you balance that when for for you know, <laughs> offline conversation guys uh, <laughs> But how do you, how do you balance that when you want your child to be involved in different STEM educational opportunities? But at the I same time, glo- I want them to be a global thinker, and I'm not talking about the world, the globe. I'm talking just like 
be able to think about it. I think sports is good for that team player. All right. Unless you go into tennis, that's very isolated, right? Then it's you against the world, a type of thing. And that's cool too. Um, that, you know, they make a lot of great bankers, a lot of tennis players, but then you get team sport. They make great bankers or great teachers or great whatever. You have to work within a group. I think sports, I think arts, I think because you'd expand your left and right side of your brain. I want, I remember I always do this one. We, I do this whole, we're interviewing startup founders. Uh, that bullpen battle, throw them in there and you got an investor, you got a marketer, you got an accounting cat, you got a, a strategy cat. You have to, they don't know about you or your company. I'm going to drop you in a bullpen. They're going to come and eat you up or you got to convince them that you're the way out mm-hmm. with your company. And if you can do that, that's what I, that's, I always throw them in there. I give them that and say, work, walk me out of that. And so we walk upstairs and let's get some money and get some drinks. Okay. Boom. I want you to have that as a student because I'm seeing a lot of people that are just great on paper. Right. Solid. And they think, okay, I'm from this school. I'm from this school. I should be able to walk right into the C-suite or I should be walking. But they don't have the critical knowledge thinking. I came out of school, MBA, and I was sitting right next to a Wharton guy. And they're the cream of the crop in finance. Right. In UFC, yeah. Wharton. Both of us were confused how to get a great financial model. They're like the guy came by and they hedge fund. He's like, what you're working on? That financial model is bullshit. Here, look at this book. And we had a, you know, we weren't, pre- we weren't prepared for this. So we had to yep. cram it all in. I think give them a good general base. And then get isolated. Hey, you want to be the great creator of NFTs moving forward? Get like what Google's doing with the certificates. That's very tech focused. I know. Yeah. But get that for every every industry vertical, right? Art, uh, teaching, whatever it is. Get that expanded knowledge base, right? Um, and, and to drill yeah, down. I would, I, think. I would have to say that the need well, for four year degrees are probably going to dramatically decrease. There are a couple of different factors. The costs are dramatically rising. Well past inflation, yep. well past anything else. The, the, the RI on a four year degree is probably negative at this point. Um, you know, you have, you have some people yep. graduating with 200, $300,000 worth of debt. Um, and then the integration of technology and the ease of use to reduce the friction of whatever, whatever skill you want to learn, whatever career you want to have, whatever, whatever, um, uh, access you want to get clients, all that stuff through technology now is, is, is 10 times easier. So if you think about back in the day, if you wanted to learn something, you would have to go to some kind of person or school and they'll have to teach you. Now, most people go to YouTube. Like I know designers who are very good, who learn how to use Photoshop yeah. and Adobe Creative Suite on YouTube. Um, they continue to do projects. Mm-hmm. They, they end up getting clients through Upwork. And over time, they've, they've honed their skills without going to any kind of formal education. So, you know, I will say that I honestly, I don't want all my kids to go to college. Um, if they have a true reason to go to college, I'll support them. But if they have a true reason not to go to college, I'll support them as well. Because I don't think that, you know, after someone who went to college and, you know, through, I think you hit the nail on the head, like you learn how to think in college. But when you get to the job, you don't know anything. They teach you everything you need to know at the job. Like I have people who come and work Pretty for me and, yeah. you know, essentially like how to be a business person 101. Like, okay, you don't have an Excel class in, in college, but you know that if you're working in financial models or customer models or marketing mm-hmm. programs, you're doing PowerPoint and Excel. <laughs> Those are only two things that you're using. So, yeah. you know, I think you get to learn yeah. everything, but learning how to think is probably the most critical thing uh, around going to college. So, you know, if you have a foundation where you can, uh, you know, learn how to think, be put in situations where you do that outside of a college setting, I think that you can get there. One thing I will say, and I'll, and I'll stop, I'll get out of my soapbox. Um, you know, 
<laughs> no, go for uh, it. We all one, do it. One thing I'll say. <laughs> it's getting I, slippery. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Come on, T-Bone. <laughs> one thing. Uh, I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, that's normally y'all job. Anyway, one thing ahead. I will say is, um, you know, <laughs> I wish that I would have the ability to start something early on, even while I was in college, like a business, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, a tech business, a car wash, or whatever, just to start some, learn how to be a manager, learn how to think about creative ways to earn money, yep. earn revenue. I think those type of things probably are more valuable than um, going to college without a, without a true plan. So that I want to make sure that distinction is there because if you go, most I would say eighty percent of people just go to college because they were told to go to college. Remaining twenty percent go Agreed. because they know they have a true plan. So if, you know, if you're going to spend that forty, fifty thousand dollars a year in debt. Why not, you know, start a business and fail that first year? And then, you know, from there on, you probably be more valuable as a person uh, for in, in a professional setting. Well, so two things I want to I want to tap, tap on just take most immediate what, what you just stated. Um, listen, I 100 percent agree. The the, you know, teaching people to or giving encouraging people to be entrepreneurs and not and not diminishing the idea that uh, you didn't go to college um, and, and say that you have some real business experience and that we should now value that even more, right? Because there's been a shift, right? There's been a shift in the last, what, 30 years, 40 years of like, you have to go to college to be successful. Mm. What the tech industry has done is kind of reframe that yep. and say, you know, some of, the, some of the billionaires that we talk about didn't finish college, right? Um, so that's that's one thing, but it was to that, you know, what, what start, you know, to me, what caught me was that article from the Harvard Business Review, the U.S. education system isn't giving students what mm-hmm. employers need. Right. The idea that people coming out of college with their degrees do not feel equipped to get the jobs that are, are you know, are entry level, like entry level jobs, wanting X amount of experience. You know, it's always happened to me. To me, it's like it was like that when when I was coming out of college, you know, entry level job. We need you to have four years, four years experience from what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like how? Like how, Sway? And and (laughs) (laughs) baby, but they've they've always done it. But now seems like to be more prevalent. Right. Because now they're looking for specific tech skills that you can't acquire until you start working now. And that's to Clyde's point of saying, hey. If you started doing some of this stuff in high school and maybe took some time off from college or didn't go to college, you might have and you just been more entrepreneurial. You might be able to get these jobs. But then the flip side, based off that article, is that some of these places still want you to have a four year degree. So it's this balancing act. Yeah. So there could be an opportunity to do both. And I agree with you. Hey, colleges. So we've allowed college as a society to be the gatekeeper to upper mobility, stealing that upper mobility term from your, your marketing guy, whatever that guy with the shaved head, uh, upper lubricant uh, to society, right? To wealthier positions, Whoa. to middle class, and then, you know, right? To middle class and then <laughs> hopefully beyond. So we've allowed them. Okay. So what are they doing? They just, they need you to take this four year degree so they can continue to build their coffers in the back, right? Yeah. So. Two-year degree, four-year degree, we don't know what's really needed. So if you're graduating with a four-year degree and you're not equipped, you don't feel like you have the skills needed to perform exactly to both your points, uh, these guys are wasting our time. So let's recalibrate, retool that. If we're going to allow them to be the gatekeepers, we need to hold them accountable 
speak with colleagues, speak with companies, speak with hospitals, speak with tech giants, speak with marketing cats, teachers. What do you need? What do you as an employer need from us as educators so then we can build them that way? So right now there's some isolated, right? You have Wharton, University of Chicago builds bankers. That's their thing. They have the relationship with them. It's a cat. It's a, it's a circle of life, right? They graduate them to them. They develop the relationship. So major banks come recruit from only those schools. And then they, 10 years out, they start donating back to the school. There's that system. Marketing from Kellogg. I think there's a good marketing school here, right? Columbia is known for finance. NYU is known for a lot of other things. Tech out West. Uh, so they they have that and isolated, but I think they should do that. Besides vocational trade schools, they should do that across the globe, across the gamut. Like, hey, let's get all these schools to, let's start opening those lines of communications. We're built, we built this whole four-year model off of things that we were doing 20, 30 years ago, to your points, right? And that needs to shift. And I agree with you. Like the relationship needs to become better. So there's a constant feed of information. Google's setting the point with those certificates. I like that. Hey, you want to come work here in these four jobs in the 50 to 60K, whatever, whatever that is, that's a good starting gig for a lot of people, right? So get that going. I mean, and you don't need a four-year degree, two-year degree. You come and do this training. And I think it takes, it costs less than a couple hundred bucks. I think with a, you take 40 bucks of training a month and then an exam for like 150. Yeah. I just looked it up. We're looking at this thing. I'm like, that's kind of dope. Those are the kind of opportunities we need. Do that for marketing, graphic design to like Clyde's point. Somebody should encapsulate because they're learning from teachers anyway. Someone online who's not maybe certified, but knows graphic design well is putting on a course and you're learning a lot from, I've learned a lot of banking stuff from there, (laughs) trading stuff on YouTube and all that. But one of the things I, I want to say from, you know, again, back to you two with young children, mm. what do you, what is your outlook? Like, how are you planning your child's educational, you know, future, right? Like, yes, you could take a whole bunch of, I'm not diminishing it. I'm not trying not to, at least, you know, you could take some classes like, you know, hey, I, you know, I, you know, I went to the art museum and, and took crafts class, right. but I was just, that's just, my mom did right. that. And my mom and dad did that just to keep me busy on the weekends. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, it, when it wasn't sports. Uh, but what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you guys, your, your thoughts of making sure they are more prepared because it's, it's, let's be honest, it is getting more competitive, right? It yeah. keeps on getting yeah. more competitive by the year. Um, and, and to Clyde's point, all right, maybe college isn't the thing. You know, we don't know what's going to look like in five or 10 years. Right. Right. Uh, clearly we don't. I think we have oh, a clear well, vision on some of it. We have a clear yeah. vision. Uh, Clyde, I can jump in. Yeah. We both can jump yep. in. I think we're going to say similar things. Right. So I'm looking at where I had lacks growing up. And then Clyde, you can probably do that for your kids. And then I think we should share among ourselves. Right. Okay. This is where I had a lack. This is where you had a lack. Okay. How are we going to train our kids on this? Because these kids are the ones that are going to carry us. When we when we want them to graduate to be the best they can be because they're going to carry this world forward. Know, after you, us. you guys, you guys got boys. Boys typically put you in a home. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. But I'm saying like society, they're going to carry forward with the, their contributions yeah, through yeah. work, through all their uh, other affiliations. I want them to learn how to think critically, strategically. Drop you in the middle of us. Oh, that's why I wish. I wish for me a big lack. I wish. I, I wish I would have gone to the military because I see a couple of people in my family or people that were like, hey, they were younger and they were kind of undecided as to where they want to go. They came out of the military, boom, on fire, right? And they're so focused, they're so clear as to what they want out of life. And hey, that might change three years down the road, but they have a. Every time they change, there's a nice, clear focus. I wish I would have had that as a thing. Um, I became focused because I was forced to. There's a couple of belts hanging out in my dad's closet, <laughs> so I always followed that road, but. I want them to learn. I like this um, sports, 
the team play, hey, be able to get, because you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot in sports. Sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not. But I want them to learn that because in the job world, you're going to be doing that, right? For the next 40, 50 years of your life, you're going to be, that's going to happen. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. I want that strategy. I want, to, I want you to get out there and you can solve a problem. I don't think we know, we know how to get these, our kids. I know I definitely didn't, even coming out of undergrad. You put me in a room, I could, fall, I could solve a couple of problems, but I can't solve all of them. And I want you to, I don't want you to have the confidence to, hey, I can solve this damn problem because that's, that's money, money in the bank. Any yeah, job absolutely. In. And I think a lot of those things that you mentioned, I agree with. But one thing I will add is to have an entrepreneurial mindset. So one of the things that I'm going to try to do is yep. push my kids to be entrepreneurial from a thinking standpoint. Um, so not necessarily like mm-hmm. you have to go and work a job. I want you to think about how do you drive value? How do you earn revenue? That could be in a job. That could be for yourself. That could just be figuring out ways to get a cash flow business. Um, something that I think we brought up as one of the shit you should know is rich dad, poor dad, right? Um, um, so that's a prime example of, you know, like, yes, you can go to college you can get all these, these degrees and then, uh, you can go work for somebody who never went to, never went to college. Because they have an entrepreneurial mindset, they may not be successful the first four or five ventures, but that 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 sixth venture may be a home run, and now you're working for them. So at least not being scared to fail, having an entrepreneurial mindset, and then you know having the ability to take risk. One thing I had a conversation with some friends on this weekend is you know being uh, you know from a minority black and brown community, we have less opportunity to fail um, because we don't have that safety net. Whereas, you know, we're the first generation or we're the first group of people who are now making some, some real money that you can have some extra. Um, so that's one of the things that, you know, we, we have an ability to set your kids up so that now you can have a little extra to do a little bit more. You can yeah. talk about investing, like at least being in that mindset of talk about investing, not only in like the yeah. markets, but then also, mm-hmm. How do you get in front of uh, uh, businesses? It could be a small cash flow business. It could be a laundromat. It could be a rental yeah. property, like whatever that is. And then there are a bunch of other life hacks that, you know, we talked about that uh, some are morbid, but others are, you know, totally good. Like taking insurance policies out on your, on your, on your parents or having on yourself so that, you know, yeah. a lot of other um, minority groups, they do that. They, your, your father passed and yep. now you're left with, 500000 to a million dollars in insurance policy. So now you have the ability to have a head start where, you know, we go to college, we have $200,000 in debt because we were the first ones went to college and earned some money. And now you don't even have enough money to get a down payment on your home. Whereas in the operative situation, if you're, in a, if you're not taking on all this debt, you have these other life hacks and now you can get a home and you're building equity. Now you have something to borrow against. And then that just, the cycle Continue. So there's a lot of hacks that I'm learning for the first time that I'll be able to pass on that, you know, not necessarily be in the traditional sense of education, but I think it'll be more valuable um, now looking at it. I mean, we, we laughed and joked earlier about, you know, not paying taxes, but, you know, having a close relationship with an accountant so that you can do everything legally to keep as much money mm-hmm. as you earn as possible is something that you. So you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, you don't you don't learn that. You don't learn that in college, but. That's probably more valuable than any nope. accounting class you could ever take because all they're doing is telling you how to look at a ledger and, you know, uh, balance, balance yeah. 
I, I hate, I can't, I'm, I'm terrible at accounting. I know finance well, but accounting, I'm like, and you get a good accountant, guy, they're not gonna be the guy you hang out with at the club, or, you know, at the bar, cause you know, it's just different, but you know, <laughs> but different personalities, but you know, you, you need one of them in your camp. Can, may I say one thing? Uh, so I'm gonna clean, and I want, I'm hoping that us three, we got kids someday, we're all hanging out, all of us at the pool, and we're just dropping knowledge for our kids. I'm taking this trip with my two buddies, um, from mm-hmm. DC, my best friends in Maryland, DC, that live down there, in 10 days, we're leaving. Kids range from 16 down to mine are the youngest, right? Uh, so mine's my, my youngest seven. So we're going to be just, they're going to be picking up so much from them. They're going to take up a lot of debauchery because uh, that's what we do when we're together. But they're going to pick up a lot of, absorb a lot of knowledge because there's a lot of heavy hitters in that room that, you know, they, or people that just didn't give a damn and they go for it, right? And they can learn a lot from that. And that's what we should be doing for all our kids. May I say one thing? So uh, here's one thing. China's our number one competitor in the world. We know that. It's established fact, right? Where are they number one in math? They're the number one school is math proficiency. And you look it down there and of 37 developed countries, where do you think U.S. rates? Like uh, 36 or 35, right? 37, man. And that's, and I'm not, I'm all pro America. I want us to win, right? Cause we're here. I want us to win. I'm not, cause I know some people who weren't born here. They moved here. I'm going to sound very Trumpish, maggish. I'm not trying to, but they're like, man, America's this, America's that. Well, you can take a plane back, (laughs) homie. You're still here, right? (laughs) Get on out. Get on out, dog. I got a song for you too. I'll sing on the way out. But, but no, but they're always trashing America. I'm like, I don't like that. Cause guess what? You're here. You're here for a reason. Cause this is a baller ass country. I want us to maintain that though. I think we fall off we gotten kind of fat on britches a little bit britches i said by the way and you know and it, so so <laughs> one thing i'm worried about so in california <laughs> oh man that was quiet um, so in california in california i'm worried about something they're doing there so they're trying to get rid of all the gifted programs in california mm-hmm. and i think that's unfair Right. Um, you know, because they're trying to say, hey, let's 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 be and give me a second on this. because I don't, I don't want to make this an in, uh, sound insensitive to anyone that's listening to us. So um, they're saying basically, let's make it more equitable education system. OK, if someone can't get into the gifted program, well, then we should have it equal for all. So then flip it to the point. Let's make it where you two would understand. And then, you know, 90 percent of the people in that love the NBA would, would understand. Let's say your guy, LeBron. LeBron was clearly more gifted than every other athlete around him for a hundred miles, if not a thousand miles. You can't yep. sit there and say, Oh, you know what? Um, everyone equity is everyone gets a shot to play basketball, soccer, tennis, computer school, piano class, whatever. Everyone gets that shot. But if someone like LeBron or Kobe or the greatest of all time, you know where he is playing in the nineties, LeBron, uh, reti- LeBron James. No, he, no, he was like, he was, he was, <laughs> uh, don't go he was down his path. Changing his number. Don't go down his path. No, but this is, and I'll, I'll cut that out. But like, if you just look at, you wouldn't want to say, Oh, you know what? We want everyone to play basketball, but LeBron, he's too good. So we gotta, we can't, he should get that extra attention, develop that kid to his potential. Cause guess what he's going to, guess what he's doing now? Yeah, outside of basketball, right? You don't want to limit that. And the gift is so same thing on the flip side. You have people that have ESL, English as a second language. On the parameters, on the perimeters, you have where, where you know, you're bumping up and you're pulling up. If someone has a problem with English or if they, they need extra attention because they can't read well, let's, let's pull them up. I don't want to equalize where then we're all here and then this is the generation that's supposed to run us forward. I'm scared of that. If they're trying that in California, they've already gotten their way for standardized tests and I'm a shitty standardized test taker. I can get great grades all day. I just don't want to take those tests that well. Uh, but you know, but they're trying to get rid of those in California, I think till 2025. And I think that's just basically, okay, I get the equity portion of it. There is one. But man, you can't, I think they don't want to know how bad we are generally. <laughs> so if we don't see it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Give me your thoughts. 
Well, so all right, so two things. I want to go back to what you guys talked about when it comes out your future, what you guys think children need or your kids. Uh, but I'm gonna touch base on your point about um, what California is doing. So I think New York is trying to looking at doing something similar. But I think the thing with the Sheet. the gifted classes, so and, and looking for equity. So a part of the issue is not missing the boat on those who could be really great as well. Yeah. Right. So it, to your to your point about LeBron, LeBron was a whole different beast from from an early age. But your 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 best player uh, of all time, what your thought process of best player of all time is Michael Jordan. He was average until he got, like he got cut in high school. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. That's what I'm saying. So he yeah. was the average guy that needed a little bit of work. And his mm-hmm. personal drive took him to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have, like, honestly, yeah, I hate to say it. I hope we don't get bombarded on, on on social media. If he was in playing in today's world, I don't know if he would be the greatest. I think he because would still. I think he, because, if he could well, score that much back then, let's not do this debate. Well, he, he well no, that well, so <laughs> what I'm saying is that there's so much, I, like, there's a lot of talent, right? There's a lot more talent nowadays, I think. That because because it's cultivated differently now when it comes to basketball. It's also easy. So, uh, we, well, how do we judge talent by scoring? Right? Well, it's so well, much easier right, to so, score now, right? Well, yeah. So we soften I, the we point, soften the benchmarks. The, 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 the point being is that he was the average average guy technically in, in high in school. Basketball, yeah. In high school, yeah. And if we if, if we said f, f the average guys, let's just focus on the top tier. And that's and that's the thought well, process well, around well, with, with California. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right. I'm I not saying a, it's right. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we got to give people opportunity. Direct, uh, we got. Well, I'm not saying we get rid of gift of gift of progress because I think there's been lawsuits across the country, especially in New Jersey. Yeah, about a certain demographic always in his gifted yeah. and talented programs. It's going to be depending on, <laughs> <laughs> and, and depending you can say it. and the, well, it, it's it, and and let, let let you know. I'm just letting people figure that out on your, on their own. Um, if you if you if you allow that to keep keep on going, right? You got yeah. towns that are becoming more diverse, but the certain element that's still in the town, yeah. they're all in a gift of talented program. It becomes unequal. Yeah, now, I agree with that. I, I think there. I think we need to reevaluate the process pro- probably. Um, and, and, and do take, make sure we, we are pulling the talent out of every neighborhood. Yeah. Our and, problem is and, we allow and, the floors to sink in certain neighborhoods and excel in others. We need the floor to yeah. be generally great across uh, the board. Yeah. And then there's smart then is there. smart. <clears throat> smart is smart one yeah. way or the other, right? Yeah. Regardless of educational attainment, like smart is smart and intelligent is intelligent. Now, knowledgeable is a different story. And I think that's what we have to make sure we are. And, and, and it becomes a social thing. We do have to stay on top of it. And we have to fight different different towns, different school districts, whatever, to make sure it's equal. Now, to, to rewind a little bit on to, to what you guys mentioned about what you're, you, you see for your children and et cetera. For me, when I look at it, one of the biggest things I see as my hindrance that I didn't have was also confidence. And I give my and I give mm-hmm. my my high school alma mater that because listen, you grow up in certain parts of the country in certain elements of certain societies, you know, being confident or you don't, you don't always receive it. And I received that in my high school. So one of the biggest things in my, my alma mater, St. Benedict's prep, love, love to love to death. They, they teach leadership. Mm. And I think that's imperative, you know, for black and brown children. 
that they should feel that they should be able to yeah. run something. And, and one, one of the biggest things that they've, they're doing now is they, they brought into, you know, they have a partnership with the Naval Academy, United States Naval Academy, and they have midshipmen come in during the summer to teach leadership throughout the summer. So oh, you're getting nice. that to your point from the military of how to be a leader at, a, at 14, 15, 16, 17. And I think that's important for, for our communities to understand that they should so be leaders as they, well. Not just. I was going to say, yeah, no, I, go I agree with your points, but there's a challenge that comes before that. Um, having the proper funding to make sure that the schools have the support they need to be successful. So, you know, recently, uh, Biden is launching a plan to try to even out those disparities. He's putting together like a $20 billion program to target those underfunded communities. And, and that's critical because you think about it. Some districts on a per student basic basis have double the amount of money per student than other districts. Um, and, yeah, you know, and most true. of those are in black and brown communities, low income households and communities. So, for example, you know, recently there's a district in like Mississippi where the students receive like 10500 per student annually from state and local funding, whereas a, a student in Virginia, Arlington, Virginia, receives 22000 in uh, state and local funding. So, you know, there's a huge disparity there. And you talk about resources, books, education, learning, teachers, having everything that you need. If you can figure out ways to fix those disparities, that's like a running start, even before you get to the gifted and talented program where I have a, a conflict. So bring that floor up, bring that floor up yep, across the board, you, right? Yeah. Hey, everyone gets that 15,000 versus you getting 20, us yep, this guy getting yep. 10 and get it 15, 20 for everyone. That's, I think I, I agree with that. I'm all on that. I don't want us to like re minimize someone that has great potential. We we're good at celebrating no, sports, yeah. athletes, musician. If someone's like a, what do you call them? Uh, virtuoso. What do you call savant? them? Young. What do you call them? The young savant? people who are savant. Or yeah. There's, an, talent, or there's, another, there's another ta- term uh, for like, if you're a crazy ass musician, um, but I forget it. My bad. Uh, but like, you know, but we, but in education, we pull out of that. We don't do that sometimes. So I think raise the floor, but then here's the problem. Like, like we're moving now, right. Uh, to get to a better school system and, you know, and people will move into like, and Clyde, you've already done this, right? So you move from somewhere to somewhere else for the better school systems. Cause there's, there's more support locally in that area for it, right? That's what's going to continue to happen unless we can beef up all these areas, the floor on all of these. So there's no drop-offs and get them all, but you're always going to have your outperformers and underperformers. That's, yeah, that's part of yeah, life yeah. for everywhere yeah. in the world. It's funny. It's funny that you say that. Like you, you the, the funniest part about when you move to a better school district, right? If you have a financial means to move to a, exactly. a very good school district, you do it, but if you also had the financial means, even if you're in a better school district, you're still sending your kids to private school. <laughs> yep. <So> that, <laughs> yep. Yep. That's that's the funniest part. Where like I hear the story all the time. I'm like, oh wow, you're in the you're like in a top five school district in the state, and you're sending your child or your children to a forty five fifty thousand dollar a year so, elementary so school. Two, <laughs> friend, two friends that grew up in Short Hills and they went to private school. I'm like, really? So there, there's a reason. <laughs> but there's a know, reason why, you know, I've, yeah, I've talked to some people that. in my community who face that same, you know, have gone down that same path. And it's primarily because it's like with everything else, you want to have a say so in the student's learning and capability and go in and hold them accountable. Um, so, you know, while, you know, you may think you're in a good school district, you're, you're being level set to the lowest common denominator. So if your kid is doing something exceptional, let's say, for example, reading at 
two or three grades uh, uh, ahead. Yeah. Cracking a graham cracker on the line. <laughs> uh, oh shit! Then, then that. I'm sorry, I took that from my old then, uh, then, the then, then your kid is going to be held back, and then eventually they're going to get bored because you can't go in there and say, "Hey, teacher, uh, I need you to give my kid extra work because that teacher is underpaid, undersupported, and while you still may be in this good school district, they can only do so much. But when you're in a private school. You can say, hey, I'm spending 50000 a kid, and I need you to do X, Y, Z. And they'll say, yes, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, because they want to make sure their checks are still coming in. Yeah. So that's one of those things where it's, yeah. it's very specific to having the ability to call shots. And parents need to be engaged. And it's hard, I know. Coming out of this last year, we've seen it. And as you're a single parent, it's got to be crazy hard. hard. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. that. Ha- that that's the circumstance for a lot of folks. And... It's crazy, but the parents have to be engaged. I have friends who are teachers, and they say you can tell how well that child's going to perform because who shows up to parent-teacher conference? Yep. Who gives a damn? Who shows up with, like, high-flying, great, great everything, head to toe, looking great, but their kid's failing, and they're not even paying attention to that, but they look they look dope. <laughs> and they're, and they're, they're fresh as hell. So you gotta, there's, there's priorities, right? You have to, we have to make sure everyone's priority right. We can't just say, let's equalize, but then we don't carry it forward. Get involved in the, get involved in the kids' life and everything, and push for it's hard as hell, man. Teachers, well, thank God for them. <laughs> but it's teachers, hard. As hell. It's 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 very hard. Like I again, I don't have children yet, and but I remember my both of my parents, just like like you guys, like your your parents bust their butt at their job. My yeah. mom was on on the train doing her thing, and still made it to our parent teachers conference. Wow, uh, and. And, you know, she was, you know, she was, she was working 50 minutes away via public transportation, made sure she did it. Um, it's tough. It's very tough. And my parents sacrificed a lot of money to send us to private school. Um, so it's very important, like you said, you know, parent involvement, but there are also there are these kids out here who don't need it, right? Those are the superstars that you talked about. Yeah. Like th- those are the ones who are so driven. But then yeah. there's also, there's also, there, it's a, all right, so let's wrap it up, I guess. Like, there's a lot of elements that a parent has to consider to, to direct their child to the best situation. And I think both of you guys, all of us kind of elements that we, we are looking for, we are looking for to input into our children. Like, listen, when I see kids at, at, at a family cookout and I talk to them, that's my thought process. I was like, I need you to think about leading. Mm. I, that's my like I, I, I and, and at the same time, I don't want you to play small. I think too many people of color are taught to just make sure they get a good job, you know, good a good four hundred one k used to be pension, <laughs> but and just and just <laughs> and just ride it out. Yeah. But now it's about no, take the lead. Like and that. and understand and understand that like you mentioned about sports and whatever that you will fail taking the lead yep. and it sucks because it's going to be on you. But guess what? You by taking the lead, you build a different kind of confidence. You build a different kind of uh, uh, wherewithal to kind of move the needle forward. And when you take the lead, you want to take the lead again. Mm. Um, and, and and that's and I think that's for me imperative. I, and I agree with with both of you guys. Like you know, being entrepreneurial, teaching that to our kids, yeah, teaching investing, and you know, because of 
Athul's favorite um, app, Robinhood. <laughs> um, <you> know, <laughs> oh boy, that that children can you know you can you can get kids to play around in that space with not a lot of money and, and take a little bit teach them how to take some risk, educate a risk. I love it. I love that. I, and, I think and, it's and, great and, for that. Yeah, like you know, until you, when you get to baller status, like a fool, you know, then you you know so. you, you have you have you have people who are who are on the trading floor. And you're like, hey. <laughs> Mortimer, I make the call. Move my money, man. No, we. I think we're we're all kind of agreeing. So, hey, we want every kid should be able to show their potential and just let's push them so they get to reach their potential as well. I don't care where rich and poor kids. My kids in the gifted program, and they're poor, rich kids, middle class. I don't know if they're poor. I don't know, whatever. Everyone from everyone social economic class in there, and I love it. Cause they're all sharing different as, because they, there's different things they talk about now. They're seeing homes and everything. They're seeing different things they're like, Oh, what's that? What's this? And they get to, they're getting educated. This ultra cultural education as well. I love it. No, I mean, yeah, I think there's some great points, but you know, some of the biggest takeaways for me on this, uh, their resources, um, having access to different ways of thinking, being exposed to the arts, um, uh, leadership, um, having entrepreneurial thoughts that thought, thought process, and then technology is going to change the game. So, you know, these are some key things that we think about education. And, you know, as a whiskey hue, we want to keep bringing these type of topics to you. So um, I think this has been a great conversation. So thanks for sharing, fellas. And then what, what we want to do now is dive into one of the best parts of the show. Uh, shit you should know. Um, you know, that's a, a key, key, uh, key part of the show where we talk about what's going on. Something that we read, watched, heard about, saw a headline, saw a YouTube clip, whatever, and, and share it with each of you. So, you know, for 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 all of us, um, I want to just highlight um, my boy, LeBron James, who's going to be coming out with the Space Jam, Space Jam 2. Make sure everybody knows that it's going to be the new iteration. And what I thought was cool, and a shout out to uh, Athul, is that MJ is supposed to be making a cameo. So, uh, kind of giving a nod, nod to the OG. You know. Um, and, you know, it's a whole, you know, major marketing campaign going on. I think it's going to be one of those marketing things where it's going to be amazing to watch. I mean, you think about the rollout, not only from a movie perspective, but merchandise, shoes, clothing. There are so many elements around this that um, I'm excited to watch as a marketer to hear about how it's rolled out, how they're going to be maximizing the revenue because, you know, we're in a COVID world. People are not going to go to the movies as much. So they probably have to figure out new ways to expand them on the revenue. Mm-hmm. And as a marketer, you're thinking about, you know, how can I leverage this one piece of IP and turn it into, you know, 20 different streams of revenue um, and let marketing drive it. So LeBron is going to be critical to that. But, you know, I think it's probably a blessing they got put out of the playoffs because, um, you know, obviously they were hurt, but most importantly, he got he got pulled out. Okay, all right, that's cool. Said, we, talk about, we talk about VC exit. We talk about VC exit. Put out. They got put out. P U T. Oh, put out. I thought you said pulled out. P U T. P U T. I can own it. He got his ass put out. <laughs> you know, we talk we talk a lot about venture cap. You know, um, Series B, Series C, and up exits. We should talk about first round exits. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. So that's <laughs> Michael Jordan had. A, so that, Michael Jordan had a couple of. Yeah, so that's my shit. You should know for the day. <laughs> that's great. He's your boy. Switched his number from 23 to six. Yeah, he's, he's Miami days. They're making a big yeah. marketing campaign around that. Those that burden was that burden was hard. <laughs> 
trying to get two jerseys retired like Kobe. It just um, so I, I, I let, let fool go to the end because he's, he's going to go for about 24 more minutes. <laughs> um, so for me, I, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. I'm, I'm just, I'm reading the book. Think again by uh, Adam Grant, mm. uh, big fan of his books. I uh, also read the originals and he has a great perspective on it, but also follow him on Twitter. And I like this quote and I, I'm just dropping this one is he says effortless success is a myth. Making excellence looks look easy is hard work. If you succeed without struggling, it might be a sign that you are that you set your sights too low. The higher you get, the higher you aim, the more challenges you face. Any goal worth pursuing will have obstacles along the path. Listen, this guy he looks at it in a different light. I like his his thought process. is great on a strategy. is great on you know just human interaction. Um, and to that point, that quote plays into to to our discussion about education and how we train our children uh, and how we should look forward to challenges that we face. So great quote, great book so far. Just picked it up yesterday. Nice. Um, so should be finished with it shortly. But uh, just dropping that knowledge right there. I love it, man. I love it. Um, I'm just going to do one. <laughs> All right. El Salvador. El Salvador has fully adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. And stated that if you own just three, three Bitcoin, you will be granted full citizenship. And guess what that means? You move there, no taxes, and that's going to be great for economic progression. Baller move. That's it. Wow. That's it. Wow. That's the first. That's like like a first round exit. I'm in and out quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just playing. Hilarious. Hilarious. (laughs) So while while you're at it, that was a good one. I didn't know that. That's definitely a shit you should know. Um, I mean, you know, as the price of Bitcoin goes down, it might be easier to get citizenship really soon. So my, <laughs> so my prediction was 25 by the end of the year. I'm looking, I'm looking golden more than you guys. Oh, that's true. You, you, yeah, you're close. We're closer to your, your pick than mine. Where was I? A hundred or something? Like yeah. Y'all were riding that way. Y'all were riding that way. No, I was, I, I was like in 45, 50. No, but, no. Yeah. Anthony was like, wheel of force. Like, he's like 25,000 and one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I was high. I was I was pretty high, 100k. I still I'm, still, I'm sticking with it. I think there's gonna be a lot more money poured we're into still, it. We still, we still got, got, got a couple, couple more months. months. So uh, yeah. if you believe in it, buy now. All right. Um, so one thing I will say before we head out, tell us about the whiskey of the show. Oh, forgot. Yeah, man, Glen Levitt, 15 year. Um, I was. So there's a quite a few 15 years, right? So we're drinking the French Oak Reserve. And I thought of Anthony. No, not Anthony. Sorry, Anthony, you too. But Clyde, because uh, he likes them sweet, sweet drinks, right? Um, this one has a little more sweet touch to it. It's a good one. You know why? Because it's, it's put in French, French, uh, French oak barrels, which, which they've distilled a lot of cognac in. So cognac is a sweeter. It's a little sweeter, has a little cinnamon to it. It's smooth. My, my guy who moved from our building on ill, thanks so much. He gave this to me a while back. And my buddy Osman and I just finished it last week when he came up. So it's, it's sweeter. Get, you get the, it's fruity a little bit because you get the cognac has a lot of that in there. Cinnamon, sweet spices, fruit. And that's, it's kind of, but it's ultra smooth. What's your, what's your guys thought? I, I like, I, the first time I've actually had this one was, uh, at a holiday Christmas party. And you know, typically you don't get the you don't get you don't get really you know you don't get decent whiskey or bourbon at a holiday Christmas party. Yeah. But the location, they went all out, and I was just like, man, this stuff is great. 
And I was like, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm acting like I was buying drinks for people. And it was, uh, and it was open bar, but so, <laughs> so it was a great, it was a great drink. Um, it's a very smooth. That's why I liked it. And as opposed to, you know, the bite. Um, so it's definitely counter to that. And, uh, it's, I think it's worth having on the shelf. Uh, no, I thought, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought I thought it was really good. I thought it was, you know, the French oak really added that sweet flavor, like Athul mentioned, that I liked. Uh, one of the things that yeah. stood out to me was, you know, the price point was re- actually relatively good for for this type of quality scotch. So, yeah, um, I recommend this one. I recommend yeah. this a lot. Boom! All right, whiskey hue recommendation. So look at that done. So this has been another great episode of the Whiskey Hue. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Peace.